Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Hello, I'm your Marketers in Motion podcast host, Josh Janoviak. Today's topic, we discuss how to strengthen and empower your brand through multimedia marketing. Part of the challenge of an effective multimedia marketing campaign launch is knowing where to begin and what to focus on. The goal is to gain immediate impressions and most importantly, long-term retention. Marketers at companies of every size grapple with market placement, brand awareness, and cost efficacy. The purpose of content marketing is to create and share relevant written, downloadable, and visual media so your target audience can learn more about you as a brand, your products and services, and your expertise. Video marketing is highly effective and appealing and converting customers as more than 50% of consumers prefer video content over other forms of content like emails, social, and blogs. Podcasts are also one of the hottest new media channels for targeting specific audiences and establishing your brand as a market influencer. Today, our panel discusses the most popular multimedia channels, including videos, podcasts, photography, blogs, and webinars to discover the best outlets to gain maximum engagement for your campaign. We'll explore pros and cons, tools and resources, and tips and tricks for each medium. We'll also hear how our panelists have utilized these mediums to increase exposure with their own campaigns. First, we have to thank our sponsors, our new podcast sponsor, River City Studios. They can help you record and produce awesome podcasts just like ours. They offer recording, mixing, and mastering for podcasts, TV, film, radio, and musicians. Check them out online at rivercitystudios.com. We have to thank our annual sponsors that support our programming year-round. Gold sponsors, MIBiz and Vizcom Media. Silver sponsors, Pageworks, Bird and Bird Studio, and Red 66 Marketing. Bronze sponsors, OFA and Grand Valley State University Conference and Event Planning. Multimedia marketing was the topic of our recent AMA West Michigan Lunch and Learn discussion held with our panelists. Since the panel was held in a Q&A format with a moderator, we thought it best to record the panel discussion for rebroadcasting on today's podcast. I'll turn it over to our panel moderator, AMA West Michigan Marketers in Motion podcast co-founder, co-host, and producer, yours truly. For those who didn't know, I also own and operate PodcastStoryPros.com, a podcast consulting business with a mission of empowering marketers to tell better stories through podcasts. If you are a marketer and you want to start a podcast but need a little help on the technical end, give me a shout at podcaststorypros.com. Let's start off by getting to know a little more about our panelists, starting with Lynn Jarman Johnson from Consumers Credit Union. Hi, everybody. Um, I am honored to be the Chief Marketing Officer with Consumers Credit Union. Um, we have been in uh, serving our members since 1951, and I started there nine years ago. Uh, we were at about 300 million, and we now are at about 1.3 billion um, in our uh, membership and our assets. So it's an absolutely phenomenal, organically growing company uh, with an amazing culture. And uh, I can tell you that in in 2019, what has worked for us and what continues to work for us is a real strong focus on where we are going. So it starts with strategy and strategy uh, this coming Monday, as an example, is our professional development day. And every single team member meets and gathers and we will be uh, launching our 223 plan. And, and you kind of scratch your head, 223, 2023, that seems like so far away. And as you know, in marketing, it's like yesterday um, <laughs> to see where we're going to go. So the cool part about it is it's very transparent. We know you know, the tracks that we're going to be on. And then for multimedia marketing for us, it truly has been an absolute jaw-dropping ride. Um, we started uh, and moved into a new building uh, two years ago into their corporate space down in Kalamazoo. Um, we service all of Michigan, lower Michigan. Our corporate space is about 92,000 square feet. And the facilities team, the education team, the training team came to marketing and said, what do you need? Who gets that? <laughs> right? 
Um, so now we actually have producers who produce podcasts. We have videographers. Um, we have web designers. We have um, bloggers. We have podcasters. Um, we have wonderful partnerships that we work with different ad agencies in town, too. But it all is very focused on that strategic plan. So it really starts with the key of saying, we can have all the tools that we want. Do we use them well? Do we focus really well on where we're going to go? And is everybody on board? So my favorite thing that I like to say, and then I'll wrap up, is if the team doesn't know, the campaign doesn't go. Oh. And for us, we're in retail. We meet you face to face, and we meet you over the web, and we meet you in so many different places. And we fooled you your most treasured thing, your money. <laughs> now, really, it's your family, I get it. But <laughs> the house that you own, the place that you rent, the car that allows you to get to, to work or school, all of those things are very personal. And so for us, every single team member, whether it's the person who picks up the phone, the person that greets you when you walk in the door, the new interactive teller, a live teller on our ATM, all of those individuals and the behind the scenes if you really do need to call in and have a question, they have to know what's going on so there's no deer in the headlights look and that you trust us. And so for us, to me, in marketing, that's the key. Making sure that communication across all of those platforms works so that internally we can provide you the service that we need to provide. Yeah, I think trust and authenticity, especially for uh, what you guys do with money, is probably a big thing. Thank you. All right, so uh, next up, Cynthia Kay. Cynthia Kay and company, tell us a little bit about yourself and talk marketing. Thanks. Well, so I have a, kind of a dual personality here today because um, I'm not going to talk so much about what I do for our company. Um, I run a about 10 people uh, but what we do is we do marketing for global Fortune 100 and 500 companies. And so we're very involved in putting together the, the assets that they will use for very large campaigns, whether that's product launch or it's a communication to their distributors or partners. Um, we're doing a ton of social media these days, especially for events because a lot of uh, people think events have kind of gone by the wayside, but honestly, they're really an important part of the, the, the marketing efforts of these very large companies. So I can talk a little bit about that. Um, one of the things that I will tell you about our company is, is that we have a really um, interesting focus and, the way, and a way in which we work, and that is a lot of times when you're looking at putting together a marketing campaign, you're going to go out and you're going to find a writer and you're going to find someone to do strategy and you're going to find somebody to produce it. And, um, and we take a, a much more holistic approach to that. So we'll work with large companies where they may have defined the strategy, but they're looking for someone who can actually make it happen. And that's what we really do. So we go in and look at the strategy and we'll come back with, all right, how do you take that and how do you move that forward? And honestly, to play off of what Lynn says, um, it's amazing to me that people don't do more due diligence when they are looking for people who are going to create things for them. Because what you're doing, I mean, your brand is, that's, that's the gold, right? And often, people don't do a lot of due diligence. And so I, I, I will tell you, I'm really proud. I've been in business 31 years. I started the company, and our first customers are still with us today. And every year, we're adding new customers. But, well, thank you. But you know what? But what that says is that we've established that trust. And we will often tell people, don't do a marketing campaign on this, or don't do this particular type of thing because you're not ready for it, or you don't have enough budget for it, or whatever. Um, on my own, for my own company, I will tell you that we have a very targeted kind of strategy because I don't need 10 million customers. I need two really great ones. 
Um, and, and, and actually, that's our goal for next year, is two additional global Fortune 100 companies. Um, we're involved in doing some um, video work where, obviously, I've got a, a whole studio. We've got writers, producers, shooters, editors. So we're doing very targeted video campaigns where we're reaching out to individual people and creating a video just for them. And, and there are ways, actually, that all of you could do that, um, customize something without having to do that. But um, we use video newsletters. We use um, blogging. One of the things that has become really um, important, not only to us, but our customers, is animated infographics. And obviously, everything has to uh, play across every single platform. And it has to be understood like that. It's got to be so clear and so precise. And it's harder to do a really great short presentation or social media clip than it is to drone on for a half an hour. So um, we're based right here in Grand Rapids, but our customers are all over the country. I'll be getting on a plane later. <laughs> so um, that's a little bit about us. Thank you, Cynthia. Yeah, she has to catch a flight at 11, or no, 12.45. So. No, I'm, I'm going to the airport at 12.45. Yeah, if she pulls, don't worry. We'll it's it's not you. It's nothing you right. said. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brad at SheFit. Brad, tell us a little bit about your role at SheFit and yeah. uh, how you guys manage your marketing team there. Sure. So, uh, hi, everybody. My name is Brad. I'm the director of digital at SheFit. We are uh, really a retail e-com company that's focused on uh, providing performance gear for kick-ass women who refuse to settle for the status quo. Um, we've been around for uh, a number of years, got a, a really big break on Shark Tank a few years back. Actually, our owner and founder, Sarah, is right here in the front. If anyone wants to chat with her later, I'm sure she would <laughs> love to chat with you. Um, so I run the, the marketing department at the moment. We have a team of eight. That includes uh, a group of project managers, web developers, um, paid media analysts, we have influencer marketing managers, um, a couple designers. Um, so pretty much a, we like to keep a lot of our, a lot of our marketing in-house as much as possible. It gives us a lot of flexibility and control. Um, we're a very fast-growing company. Um, we're actually the fast, fourth fastest retail or growing retail company in the country at the moment, um, which is not too bad for a company from Hudsonville, Michigan. Um, our, our, uh, main office HQ with our warehouse is right off of 32nd Street and uh, 196 there. Um, so from my perspective, what I do is I'm primarily responsible for, for growing the business, um, obviously with help of finance and R&D and other uh, areas of the business. Um, but it's, you know, I'm, I, I spend my day in numbers. Um, so Facebook Ads Manager, Google Ads, Analytics, um, focused on metrics like ROAS and REACH and, um, you know, our, from the influencer side of things, how are people communicating about our product? Is it consistent as you know, these two ladies said across, across channels? It's extremely important for our brand. Um, it's an exciting place to work. Um, you know, there aren't that many e-com companies in this area. A lot of them, you, know, you have to go to California or New York or Chicago. Um, and certainly to find one that's growing as, as fast as ours is really rare. So it, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy to be a part of SheFit and uh, looking forward to the conversation. I got a couple questions for the audience because I do want to get an idea of who who we have here today, what we're what we're trying to learn, our perspective. So, just quick lightning round, show of hands, who here is agency, agency workers, marketing agencies, okay, corporate, any corporate people, and then nonprofit. Okay, so we got a few nonprofits. Now, going off that question, whether you're you're you want to elaborate or give this information to us. Who has adequate budget and resources? <laughs> Nobody? Never. Okay. Then, who has little to no budget that they're working with? Okay. Well, and we try to keep this in mind because there are many things that sure. you can do and there are many different costs for the way that you can approach things. So we want to keep in mind sure. you know, the budget, what is, and that's probably a lot of the questions we'll ask with a lot of these different medias is how can we extend that, that bang for our buck? So. Uh, let's start into the world of video because I know video is one of the most popular contents right now. Sure. Vlogging, Facebook Live, every, all of that. Everything that, that is attached with video has more reach, has more engagement. So 
How have you strategically integrated video into your campaigns and what kind of results did you see from that? So we are a, um, obviously we sell sports bras, so we're a very heavy female audience. And I think moving back to, to start this question is you really have to understand where, where your audience is and who they are. Um, because we're a very female focused um, brand, social is, is a natural fit for us. Um, I think the split now is like 60-40 female to male on the aggregate across social channels. So uh, that being said, our primary you know, go-to-market channel has always been Facebook and Instagram. And obviously those are very video-heavy platforms. We find that um, we run kind of a, a, a varying um, mix of video lengths depending on what stage of the funnel the consumer is in. Um, so we do a lot of our education or awareness marketing with a little bit of a longer spot and our direct response marketing is very, very short. Um, I think we talked a little bit about attention span um, earlier. You have to be very, very quick um, to, to capture someone's attention. The stat I read the other day was um, goldfish actually have a higher attention span than, they do. than adult humans these days. They do. Um, and I think a lot of that is, yeah, it's mm -hmm. crazy, right? So a lot of that is because you know we're, we're addicted to scrolling and looking for the next and looking for the next and looking for the next. And we find that really, really short form video that gets your message and brand across immediately mm -hmm. um, has, a, has the highest impact. So that's something that um, has worked well for us in the past year and we're, we're basically just gonna compound on that with our content development this year, so. You know, so one of the things I, I wanna add to that is just because we're talking about short content, that doesn't mean there isn't a place for a lot longer Absolutely. pieces. And what we're finding a lot is that we are creating what I'm gonna call base pieces for customers. And we're leveraging those video assets and creating those teasers that we kind of right. drip out. And all of it is funneling back into where that longer right. content is. And what I think is great about that is that I, I do think that even though we have short attention spans, if it's someone who really has an interest in something Correct. and they want to learn something and they're willing to spend some time, they're going to look at that. But it's the how do you get that attention? Right. And when we go into producing almost any video these days for our customers, um, all of it includes, we're going to create this, and there will be X number of social media clips or Instagram. Because if you're not doing that up front and thinking about it, it's harder to, to pull those pieces out. So you do have to have a strategy for, for that. Sure. Yep. So we are very traditional in some respects. Um, we're very non-traditional as a credit union in what we do and how much fun we have. But when you look at the traditional types of media, we do it all. We do television, we do billboards, we do social. So we actually create this, uh, this campaign that we call wedding cake, birthday cake, cupcake, or ho-ho. <laughs> so I like that. Everybody in our organization knows, man, if you get a wedding cake, you got it all. Like, you're going to get a long-form video. We're going to focus in on some Instagram little Snapchat things. We're going to ask members to send us videos. So it, it encompasses a lot of the different tools that are available in the video scope. But it also then says, okay, how can we make a video on some things that people sent in? So Dog of the Day is a totally hysterical, we on a whim sent a weekend post out, hey, we're gonna think we're gonna showcase Dog of the Day on our new website. And it literally crashed our system when people started uploading the, the photos. What? Like what a crack up, right? Dogs so, and kids, dogs come on. <laughs> So the cool part about it was, though, then we took that and turned those into little videos, too. So it isn't, and it's not costly in the sense if you right. have even just an iPhone. So we're talking about budget, and you think, oh, my gosh, I have to do all of this, and I have to have this huge budget and these great producers. You know what? You are absolutely right. The people that you choose to have do those editing skills are important. But if you don't have the budget, then it's also important to connect yourself with you know, a different way of thinking in how you use that video um, and, and be able to slice together photos, as an example, or an Instagram post. Yeah. 
I mean, I, yeah, I'd like to build on that if you don't mind. So one of the things that we get a lot of is user-generated content. So I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, a customer, uh, regardless if you're a customer of a credit union or, or, or what have you, or of SheFit, they can tell their experience and their story in a much more compelling way than the brand ever could. So um, we use, and there's a slew of ways that you can go about you know, generating that content, whether it's a giveaway or um, there's a, a million ways to go about it, but it's, the content is so compelling, and a lot of the times it is shot on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the type of content, especially for social, that does really well because it fits. That's what people expect on those platforms. You don't always need to, to go and, and spend thirty or forty thousand dollars on a on a video shoot um, to have it work on social. Well, and and you know, here's the other thing. I guess I would say too, though. Um, and I've actually gone out and trained customers of mine to do some things on their own. And I think that there are things that you don't need the level of expertise that we have. I think you have to be very careful in looking at if you've got a major product launch or you've got something that's really important, there can be that component. Of course. But you got to get some advice up front, and you need to train if you have some communications champions in your organization. You need to train them. I literally flew across the country and trained all of the marketing folks at Siemens Industry to figure out how they could do some social media videos about their employees. Well, it's not like they're going to fly me to every one of their sites, right? But we gave them some direction, and we gave them some instruction, and did some webinars with their people up front. And then they would send us the stuff, and then we would create it. But then if you get to something that is a big product launch, you need to know when you're in over your head. For sure. Because I've seen people spend a lot of money and not get anything. And had they gone to a professional, they'd have done it faster and, frankly, cheaper. Um, so I think you have to balance those. But don't be afraid to go to video people and say, here's what I'm thinking. And they'll tell you if you should do it yourself or right. if, if, you, if you need someone to do it. I think, too, they're really cool part about what you can use video for is not just for yourself. So our highest uh, hits on YouTube or our highest uh, engagement in any type of social media will always be when we feature um, a community partner that um, has a very compelling story um, or a business partner that, um, that you know, is doing their business today because of the fact that we listened and helped them get along and showcase that story that those are truly always much higher than any commercial always hundred percent real people unless it's dogs dogs are <laughs> so you know i actually did um i i went back and looked at some we do a video newsletter and we only do it quarterly and we do that we feature our customers and try to share what did they do um, we have an average open, we have a high, had a high open rate of 40% and average is 25 to 30% open. And I think, you know, now granted, we're pretty selective, but that still is, I think, a good number. Oh, um, sure. And it's because we're not talking about us. We're right. talking about that. Right. We're talking about customers. Yeah. People don't like to be sold to no. anymore. Um, that, that's really the bottom line. And you'll see this, this big push into kind of the storification of advertising. I think a great example, if anyone watched the Super Bowl, is Google's ad. Um, it, makes, it literally made me cry. Um, <laughs> but it told a story. And it was less about Google as much as it was them presenting the story. And it's, it goes back to Simon Sinek's kind of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge proponent of storification for sure. <laughs> what do you think? We sent out an email and we got like a, it was like 72% open rate. What do you think the subject line was? Dogs? <laughs> it was accidentally empty. Ah. <laughs> now think about that. <laughs> Your bank sends you an email. So you're thinking, oh, I got something for my, you know. I, is, is my bank's been hacked. That was a good trick. That is. You I'm, guys meant to do that, right? I'm remembering it. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right. I think got we got a question. question. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, 
Shonda Craig, and I'm from TMB Partners uh, Agency, and we do a lot of work with clients developing uh, social media strategies, campaign strategies, and um, one of the areas that we typically find um, our clients really struggle with is the difference between organic and paid. Can you speak to some of your personal experiences with developing strategies that entertain both of those as opportunities, and for those people that might be a little less experienced in the room, um, maybe speak to like what, maybe you just give a brief overview of what sure. the difference is between the two of those. Yeah, do you mind if I take that? No. Okay. So um, there is a, definitely a place for both. Um, the landscape has shifted quite a bit in the sense that um, I'm sure all of you Facebook marketers out there know organic reach on Facebook just sucks now. Um, so you're not going to grow necessarily new audience on uh, with organic social. I see it as a nurturing uh, opportunity for existing customers. It's where you build community, right? So where I then turn to to grow my audience is through paid. And the way that you, you communicate in each of those is different, right? Because you're speaking to two different groups of people. The ones that you're nurturing obviously are familiar with your brand so it's more community building we ask a lot of questions we showcase a lot of user generated content i'm a huge proponent of reflecting customers back to themselves so show me people that look like me and tell me about their experiences with your product so that's really what we do a lot of organically paid wise it's all about our product our brand and the values that we bring to the consumer um, so it's a little bit more i guess educational um, and then as they get down the funnel, it, it's a little bit more of a harder sell. But it's the difference between, I think, uh, prospecting new business or new customers and nurturing and building a community around your existing ones. That's in the most simplest way how I can differentiate the two. I think if you, um, I, I'm going to go back to the wedding cake again, because for us it's, it's that. When we decide we're going to do some paid media on any of the socials, um, it will be most likely focused on what is that wedding cake that we're focusing on right now. So if you go right now, you might be able to latch on to Fast App. It's a, it's a new mortgage app that we have. That's on billboards, it's on television, and it's on our paid media. But then what we do is we'll take that, and for the organic component of it, we don't sell it at all. Uh, we instead, uh, if we have a testimonial that comes in from someone who just closed a loan in 15 days, yes, it truly can happen it does happen, then we will promote that in a way that is not a paid ad, but a, more of a, an organic ad. So um, it's the same thing. You just kind of look at what it is that makes your heart go boom, and that you know that's normally going to be organic. But when I want to reach new members, <laughs> and they have no clue who Consumers Credit Union is, much less a credit union, right. much less they do mortgages, then I'm very much targeting zip codes that are around our offices. I'm targeting special words that are, um, you know, that are researched and, and then uh, latched onto. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things that, um, that I see a lot with our customers is they're, they're not doing full-blown full strategic plans. What they're doing is little pilots, and they're testing right. things on a really small scale and seeing, okay, what happens if we do this organic? Okay, what happens if, we, if we're doing paid? And I think sometimes the, the days of, it's, it's always great to have that huge strategy, but it's really important to be so flexible because I, we were saying, you know, what worked a year ago doesn't work today. It's harder. And, and so I think you've got you've to be willing to, you know, Experiment a little. Right. Try some things and see what works. And if that works, well, then you go down that path. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, A-B testing just in general is yeah. something that's uh, crucial and also beneficial for marketers because it takes people's opinion completely out of the equation. Someone might say, well, I want to. why aren't we posting pictures of my dog or something like that? And I'll say, well, when we post pictures of the cat, it gets 50% uplift. So we're going to post more cat photos and less dog photos. Like it's, it's, it's turns a, a conversation based on opinion into one of that's more black and white. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier to, I guess, move in that direction. Yeah. And if, if you um, have an, an, anybody who has analytics in background that are on your team or in your organization, um, or you 
Google search, you know, how to utilize those Google analytics and Facebook analytics, that's truly when you win. Mm -hmm. um, you can then quickly turn if all of a sudden you realize, why was that open rate on this web link so low? Well, it was it was low because we hadn't thought out the customer experience of I want one click. I don't want four clicks, right? So all of us together though had we're, we were too close to the, the you know the trees. And so we missed that. So those kind of things where you're having somebody say to you, hey, for some reason this this went down. Nobody opened this up. This website got slower and nothing what's going on? We have those every day they're coming in to us to say, this is working, this isn't. And not being so proud of what you think is a great campaign <laughs> and saying, no, we're going to stay the course. Well, we're spending money. Why are we staying the course if we know it works better this way? So, um, and that's a team fun effort, you know, to get in the room and <laughs> knock it out and say, Beat someone this down. Is what I, love. I love this. And that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank sure. you guys. You're, you're, you're knocking out most of the questions that we have here. And we do have a lot of questions that we got on the survey before lunch and you're rolling right through those. So awesome. Let's keep on uh, with this progress. You mentioned the video tutorials and you can watch anything on YouTube these days and people do and they retain a lot from that. Let's talk about how you've been able to integrate video, video tutorials into your campaigns. And then also let's talk a little bit about, we're going to get the podcast in a bit, but Webinars, if you've had any webinars for interaction, how that might work in the B2B or B2C spaces. Uh, we don't do a whole lot in terms of, of webinars. We're a, a strictly D2C e-commerce company. We don't sell at retail at all. Mm -hmm. um, webinars, at least in my experience, I come from the agency side, are, are very much focused on a, a B2B lead gen um, type situation. However, we are kind of taking a different look at our customer service. Um, a lot of the women that try on our product have a problem with the way that their bra fits after they buy it. So we're trying to work in that kind of video chat, or I, I guess it's not really a webinar per se, but to bring that experience a little bit closer to the customer and make it a little bit more personal uh, using video in that way. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, you know, if you're not, just in general speaking about YouTube, if you guys are not, posting content on YouTube, you're, you're missing out. It's the second most visited website in the world, yeah. uh, second to Google. It's also the second largest search engine in the world, second to Google. Um, so it is a massive space. Um, and if you ever think that, hey, I don't, I don't have any content that's worth sharing, um, spend a couple hours on YouTube and just go down the rabbit hole. There's, yeah. some, <laughs> there's some weird stuff out there, and people, people are looking for everything. So just because you're in like a really weird niche, you yeah. think no one's going to be interested in what you have to say? That's not true. So one of the things I will tell you that I find really interesting, and um, anybody ever looked at a Four Dummies book? You know, the, why, yeah, okay. So we, at CK and Co., we have produced thousands of videos for them and turned them into all kinds of languages. And I am floored at how people want to learn how to do one thing. It's that one, like, how do I get the right size on my bra? Or how do I calculate how, I mean, if you can be really smart about that and teach someone to do something, and there's where a video tutorial is really great, and they don't have to be highly produced. Um, they have to be clean and neat and great. I think, I think that's amazing. In the B2B space, webinars are huge business, and we see that our customers are doing that. I will give you one tip. Whoever's doing the, the, the webinar has to be interesting. Yeah. They cannot be a boring person, because what happens is before you know it, you have lost all of your audience. They're checking their email. They're, so if you're going to do webinars, I would highly recommend you get some training and get some people who are interesting or it doesn't matter how great the content is, people won't stay with you. So yeah. We do um, webinars, yeah. we do video tutorials. Um, I, think, I think that when I retire, the most, my most proud moment will be the, um, the collaboration that we have with marketing, training, and education, and ops. Mm -hmm. So this year, we switched over to new online banking, and that is very painful for members. 
because they like what they have, <laughs> even though it's going to be better, it's going to be better. Um, you know, change is hard. And so what we did um, was we collaborated and made how-to tutorials for our internal team that also were the same ones that our members saw. Um, and we did that together as a team. And it, true, it, just, it drastically cuts um, expenses because, well, one group was doing this and then another was doing this. And it brought us all together to really know what the member was experiencing. So that was a huge way to use them. And we actually are now out in force with the only drive-through, what I'm going to call, webinar. Oh, so wow. um, we have taken out every one of our drive-through tubes. We have gone tubeless. Oh, I really want to say that. I can't. But um, we have gone tubeless. And so if you go to any drive-through of ours, it is an interactive teller. Um, that interactive teller is a live, wonderful, talented person who can help you with anything that you want to do in banking. You push the screen, up they come, and it is a, literally a webinar, a FaceTime, a, a live conversation that you're having with an individual. And it's also an ATM, too, so your normal ATM you can do. Um, that is changing the ball game. It is allowing us to differentiate ourselves, but it's allowing us to give longer hours. So on a marketing end, you look at new technology, and sometimes people don't like change. And I can tell you, in the long run, those will be in every one of our markets, not just outside, but inside. Yeah. And that gives us the opportunity to be able to talk with you more about something versus a transaction. Yeah. Transactions are critical, and you still get that one-on-one, -on -one, but you're not standing in a line anymore. Right. So those, think of video that way. It's not just about the, the it's about the iPhone. It's about the way that you communicate with people. Um, how can you use it for all of your customers in a different way versus just thinking, well, this is a webinar and this yeah, is, right. um, a, you know, a live, I'm going to do a live Skype right now. So think of how, you how do you leverage sure. to, yeah. for your best advantage and your and we talk about that, you know, sometimes people spend a lot of money on externally facing things and they completely forget about that huge audience of people that you have internally or partners. And if you train those people or you give them the tools to do things and creating those things simultaneously with an integrated approach means you spend a lot less money. Right. Yeah, we, we see that a lot right now. One of our, our biggest issues with customer service is just the volume of support tickets that people ask for. So we're leveraging video in an interesting way to kind of preempt a lot of those requests. So a lot of these problems that women have or questions that they have, we got a video answer for it, or we're working on it, I should yeah, say. Yeah, that's great. Um, so it's, it's not only being, you know, you're saving the customer a step by giving them a piece of content to digest and answers their question, but it also takes a lot of, of weight off of you know, our team on the back end, too. So. And think of screenshots. Don't just think that, oh, I have to take make this big production piece. It can be a screenshot that you take of what is actually happening right. and showing an individual how to do something. As long as you can read it. Yep. As long as you can read it. Be clear. <laughs> be clear about that one, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about podcasting. That's a hot new thing that a lot of people are doing. And it, it borrows off some of the traditional radio coattails of, you know, the listeners really developing that trust in the podcaster. And, of course, the micro-niching that you can do. I mean, there's a podcast on everything. So conversions... <laughs> can be really great, people can be really engaged. There's a lot of different things you can do. You can get totally overwhelmed with a podcast, you can keep it simple. So how have you guys utilized podcasting and what kind of returns have you seen on it? We actually uh, are working on developing our own um, right now. It's not available yet, but keep an eye out for it. It's coming soon. Um, I have been looking into recently um, advertising on podcasts because of the nicheability, if you will, of them. Um, you know, the users that listen to them are very frequent, they're loyal. Um, and I think even though it's probably more fragmented than radio even, um, meaning there's way more options for people, um, the listeners are, to a particular program are way more loyal than, uh, you know, traditional uh, linear radio. So um, I, there's a lot of opportunity there. I, all the stats that I read, it's just exploding. Um, 
you know, it's one of those things that will probably take a small percentage of our budget and give some ads a test. And, and honestly, I think if it's one of the simpler things to produce, right? right? Because there's fewer elements there. Um, you have to have really great audio. Otherwise, it's highly annoying to people. But I guess the, the thing that I notice with podcasts, and we produce them for our clients. I don't do one for our business. But I, I think having something, in my opinion, that is an interviewer where there's interaction, I think is often more um, like what people are used to with talk radio. And I, if you've got a really great engaging person that you can draw some things out of and lead them down the road, I, I personally tend to like listening to those better than I do a person. That's a, that's a personal opinion. I don't know. So we have uh, Money I'm Home <laughs> from Finance to Fitness. Um, we like to have fun. Can you tell? <laughs> so um, our podcast actually launched a year ago in January, um, and we produce it every week, and it, it launches out on Apple and Google Play on um, Sunday nights with the thought that, you know, you're going to get ready for work, and maybe you'll... You know, if you have a subscribe and you download it and listen to it on your way to work. Um, it has been a wonderfully interesting ride. Uh, it's, I host it, which is an absolute blast. I love it. I used to be in TV and radio, so um, it's very fun for me. It, it gets you back into passion of, of purpose. But uh, what we thought was going to be very focused on quite a bit of knowledge and education on, on products, because when you have a product and you're and someone doesn't know, I, I, don't, I don't even have a clue what it means when you say zero down. I really can do zero down, what does that mean? Well, what's the difference between a sale and education? And you gotta be very careful because a podcast isn't for sales. Right. It truly yeah. is for education. education. Um, so when I look back on it, this was fun. We, we just did this exercise this week and we broke our podcast down into categories. And so I know for a fact that mortgages are just you know, we love our mortgage team and they're out just doing amazing things for potential home buyers. And so that I really thought was going to be the one that was, man, we did the most in mortgages last year. And that's what we, you know, looked at. So we put them into buckets of, of mortgages, business, um, services, community, and life. And when we put those into those buckets, the products, and the mortgages or the business, except for the business features of a leader, like a CEO or someone, they we only had like three or two of the products. And we had huge engagement when it had to focus on community or it focused on someone someone might know. And at the end, we always ask the question, what was your favorite tip that someone gave you about finances? Because talking money is hard. People are afraid of it. They don't want to talk with their kids about it. Kids end up going to college and they get all those credit cards. And it's a cycle that just keeps on going. So what, what our goal now is truly to break that cycle. Start talking about money publicly. Don't be afraid to share that you might be in, in trouble or you might not. And our number one listen to podcast last year was a vice president of an insurance agency here in town that truly was destitute with two children she was told by her boss, go on food stamps. That's what she was told, instead of how can we help you and get you to the next level? Mm -hmm. And she refused. And so that story of her success and what that tenacity stood for, that's good listening. Mm -hmm. And you all have those stories. Every person that right. you know, there's someone that you work with that has just very deep stories like that, that make you think, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, so for producing the Marketers in Motion podcast, which we do through RAMA, we've been doing that just for over a year now. It's, it's all, you know, the content, the speakers are already there. This is great. We're recording this. This will be our podcast. We edit it. We publish it. We're done. For other speakers, we'll do a follow-up. We've already got the outline. We already have the content. We'll go down and have that conversation. And we'll, we'll because it's worldwide, we'll talk about it in that scope where it's not so hyper-local, but we can right. open that up. But I think, you know, uh, Cynthia, you hit on just the different pieces, what works, what doesn't. And you could get more interactive with your podcast. One of the, the 
things we want to do in the future is as we're recording our podcast at River City Studios is Facebook Live, YouTube Live video. Absolutely. People can be, they can ask questions, they can interact with us, they can hear us do all of our outtakes and make all of our mess ups. And then we'll do the, the produced version after that. And um, there's some other great marketing uh, podcasts. I mean, Seth Godin's podcast is great. I mean, it's a one man mm-hmm. right. talks all about. And, and there again, what, what I, what I, that's a, a personality. And I, if you have that, that's great. But when you don't have that person who's super engaging, it's always easier to play off of someone else. Right. So that's, right. and sometimes subject matter experts, even though they've got all that great knowledge, they're not that exciting. So if they're playing off someone, you can you can balance that and bring that out is what I'm talking about. We just were live in Detroit at the Q's conference, which is a credit union executive society. They have great speakers um, that really cut across all, uh, all avenues. And um, so we did interviews with each one of the speakers afterwards as a podcast that will be coming out in the next few weeks. But I'll tell you, the best one that we did was myself and our talent education uh, vice president, Kristen, and I did one together with two millennials to talk about how they bank and you know the difference in technology. Um, that foursome round robin was so engaging, and and it really kind of brings to that mm-hmm. that knowledge that a back and forth is good, a singles good, right. but sometimes getting more people in the room. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is really, well, how do they get up to where they have to go? I have no clue, right? But man, do I hire the best talent in the world that says, hey, we'll get them up to where they need to go and organize them the way they need to be. So those kind of things you have to think of, too. It's not just doing it. It's then what do you do with it afterwards? Well, and, and there's where I think don't feel like you have to, if you're doing something like that, you can pull out the best pieces of it and shorten that thing down. It's one thing if you're sitting in a room like this and you're engaged with people. It's another thing when they're listening to it. And so what might be engaging here because you can see people and you can, that, that may not fly. So think about how do you use those opportunities and leverage the assets afterwards right. yeah. and make something even better. <clears throat> Yeah, a great example of that. Do a lot of people follow Gary Vaynerchuk in here? So he is the king of derivative content, and he has, mind you, he has a ton of money, so he has a video crew following him all the time. He's always recording podcasts. He's got a pretty decent-sized content team, right? But he knows where his secret sauce is, is he knows how to leverage, okay, I recorded a two-hour-long podcast. I can get 50 or 60 pieces of content exactly. out of that one podcast. And by the way, have a piece of video or a post on Instagram. or So you get a lot more value out of that piece of content um, over time when you look at it that way. Slice it and dice yep. it. There you go. Now, Cynthia, it is 12.46. I know. Are you going to be late? I'm going to hope to make a plane. Thank you. Should I come sit next to you? Now, we do have... Until one o'clock here, so we've got a little more time. I did want to mention blogs real quick. I know there's a lot of questions we didn't get to, and I also want to just reiterate that audience questions are encouraged. If anybody has anything that they want to ask, thank you, Cynthia. If anybody has anything they want to ask before we wrap up, but um, let's just let's touch on blogs really quick, or anything in the written format, infographics, particularly because blogs you can write a blog and you can put video in it and you can put your podcast in it and you can kind of integrate all these pieces so yeah that kind of piggybacks off what I was just saying with you know creating derivative content a blog post doesn't necessarily always have to be something you write Um, the big trend obviously there's SEO considerations with content that you write um, and all of that but if you have a podcast or a video that's an interview post the video and write a transcript of the video in the blog post with a little bit of explainer by it, you've got yourself a blog post. So it's it's just kind of thinking higher level and understanding, okay, what types of content am I already creating and how can I leverage that um, across other channels? We consider our blog our engine. Um, that's where it all starts. So if, uh, if we're gonna launch a campaign or we have a product that we're gonna go across uh, different avenues, it starts at the blog because the blog does do the SEO. It connects to our web. Every dog of the day picture is a blog post, even though it doesn't look like it on the back end, right? 
But um, so the blog truly is is where we say, let's go and let's get this train running. Um, and then let's see where all the feelers go out to it. So that way, when we do an Instagram post on something that um, has a blog connectivity to it, it can go right back to that and or the other the way other way around. The neatest blog I ever saw someone do, which has nothing to do with credit unions, but it was First Alliance Credit Union did a blog on the top 50 worst money jokes. And you think, ha, ha, ha. So I was an emceeing and I did a bunch of them. And they're like dad jokes. They're so bad. But inside that blog, they would link. If they said, do you want to get rich? They would link get rich into a savings program blog. So they linked things back and forth in ways that never did, did my mind would have thought to do. That's why blogs are so critical because right. you can just link, 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 and then have them come back to the one location right. you'd like them to go to. Yeah, and the other thing to consider is don't be afraid to upcycle content. So some of our most successful, when I say most successful, I mean blog posts that drive the most traffic to our site are three years old. Um, they're still relevant. Um, but there's a lot that you can do to take what you've got that you know what works and expand upon it. How do we make this better or more relevant for today? Um, so that's something we're putting a lot of focus on internally at Chiefit. Um, so yeah. And sharing others' content too in blogs is really important for us. So if we for have sure. a a business partner um, that that we're helping with their own business promotion. Um, we literally will take things that they've done and write them into a blog. So right. Valentine's Day will be a good day. Nothing but cakes is one of our business partners. You know, we'll be focusing on nothing but cakes and link to their site too. So right. Yep. Yeah. Now, what what about the video, the vlog aspect of that, and how would a how does a vlog technically differ than just any regular video clip or? Content? So, this is my personal professional opinion. <laughs> um, Vlogging, it to me, is a little bit more of like back in the day, I don't know if any of you remember Tumblr. Um, it's kind of journal-esque um, where you're kind of just telling your story to the camera um, versus a blog is more, I look at a blog as how, how do we position ourselves as a company or a brand in our space as a thought leader? So it's very similar to a podcast where they should be very educational and it, it's really a value add for your customers um, as opposed to, you know, the two of us just sitting in front of a camera and talking about. Spouting. Right. Monologues. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a question. Um, I know a lot of this is based on capacity, but what would you recommend across the different channels for kind of standard amount of content to keep flowing so to keep each people engaged? How much money do you have? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to it's hard to give a hard and fast answer because it, I'm not sure what industry you're in. Um, there are different channels that work better for, for some customer bases than others. Um, to give you an idea of where we're at, we're posting every day, several times a day. Um, but we've made, and our business has made a, a really large commitment to. Um, funding that type of, of content generation, um, just because that's, you know, our primary go-to-market is social. And if you're not staying fresh um, on your feed, you're getting passed over, oh, I already saw that, what's fresh, you know? We're kind of trained and addicted to that dopamine hit now. So um, in terms of a recommendation, maybe we can talk more after, and I can give you more specifics after I learn a little bit about what you do. Um, but there needs to be some sort of regular cadence, whether it's you know every day or you know if you write a blog post once a week, make sure you're sharing it across your social channels. It just and again, it comes back to A/B testing and get an idea of okay, what's driving engagement? Okay, can we do more of that and expand upon it? Um, but we can talk more after. Yeah. We'll take a calendar for the next month to two months, um, and we literally know what posts are going where, so that then we have what I call fun time. So we know for a fact that on Mondays we're going to have uh, Mortgage Monday, and it's a Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter contest. We know we're going to have Winning Member Wednesday, and we know we're going to have the Business Briefing 5 on Friday. So those things are, are literally carved in stone. We do those every single week, um, and that's the cadence that you talk about, about what, what we do. Uh, then, then truly it's sitting back and 
filling in and realizing right. when you're oversaturating someone um, or when there's something fun that's happening on Twitter that you can grab and run with. Some There was some cheese meme that we did that honestly just blew up when we put it on Facebook. And it was just, it was nothing. It was like a silly kind of a who moved your cheese thing. But it was hysterical. It made me laugh so hard. And I said, you never know what content will, will resound with someone. Right. So we have a lot of fun doing different things. Um, but that consistency is absolutely yeah. critical because if you're not organized at the outset, you'll forget, oh, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's Monday and it's noon and you got really busy. What are we posting today? Yeah. yeah. What are we posting today? So yeah, that organization really takes yeah. the heat off. Um, and then there's wonderful group um, posting places like Hootsuite and Buffer right. and Sprout Social and yep. Yep. that allow you to do it all at once. Yeah, I'm all for set. We follow this, a similar approach where we have everything scheduled out about a month in advance. Um, but you still need to be timely and relevant. So if there is something that's trending, you need to be able to, to get in with the action and be a little bit reactionary in that regard. Um, but it takes the stress off immensely if you at least have a framework planned out ahead of time. Um, so I highly recommend. The other a, a part about engagement on that that I think a lot of um, people, including us, sometimes forget is when someone likes your post or they comment on your post, especially in our winning days, we get like, you know, just a ton of comments. Responding back, even yeah. if it's just a like back, that you saw them, you recognized someone was there and you listened to them. Um, for us, social media isn't just about promotion. We have an entire social service team. And that service team is there 24-7 if someone runs into an issue with their account. Um, if they are, and I've had this happen, a man was traveling in Sweden and at 4 a.m. he sent a Facebook message private, I can't get my card to work, can someone help me? And we have the staff on hand at behind the scenes to do that. Right. Um, that is a much more winning strategy for us because that's our mission. Our mission is servant leadership and it can come at 2 a.m. Right. Um, and you know if you're traveling and you're stuck, that's a, that's a scary thing if you're thinking, I, I don't have access to my money. For sure. Yeah, we're, we're in the same boat. It's, it's kind of a blend between, we have a customer service team of nine-ish people um, whose sole responsibility is answering emails, customer requests, and responding to social media comments. We respond to every single one. Um, and we get thousands, um, whether it's DMs or comments, or um, it's it's kind of crazy the questions we get even on our ads. Doesn't like people will just smile. be like, "Hey, what size am I?" And our customer <laughs> service team is like, "Hey, uh, can you send us a DM and we'll take care of you?" Um, but it just it, it, it you know everything that we try to do as a company is always putting the customer first, and sometimes that means just sitting back and listening and acknowledging them. So I agree, even if you're just giving a response a like, um, social's about being social and creating community and creating engagement. Um, so. Hey, quick question before you leave your blog section. Um, answer if you would or address some of the things I read say if you're gonna have a blog but you insert the link into your social posts, Facebook doesn't like being taken away back to your website. Are you finding that to happen? Because I, I really believe in what you're saying about the blog going everywhere and pulling yeah. people back for detail. Well, we do both. Um, we will take our blog and insert our blog right there. And we have at times uploaded videos. This is the same kind of answer, but uploaded videos to YouTube and Facebook mm -hmm. because Facebook is, you know, its own little prima donna. Um, so we'll do both you know if there's a content piece that seems to be really resonating with people we would do a longer facebook post about that and maybe not even link it back, back to the blog at all right. um, and let it be its own organic content yeah i mean i think that's a trend that you're seeing on a lot of platforms whether it's facebook or in google's ecosystem is mm -hmm. they are they have a financial interest in keeping users in their ecosystem so um, a great example of this is on Google search. You're, you're seeing a lot more position zero answers with um, you know, people also ask or with uh, rich snippets and things like that. It's because they want the opportunity to serve you more ads. They don't actually want you to leave Google. They want you to stay there. 
Um, the same approaches with Facebook. It's one of the reasons they got into hosted video was because they got tired of people sharing YouTube links and taking them away from Facebook. Um, so that's probably only going to continue, I would think. Um, we still share our, our blog links on all of our social. Um, that, that's kind of a, a standard practice for us. Um, sometimes we'll use things like Bitly for shorteners if the URLs are outrageously long, but yeah. I will say, anybody here use Twitter? You know what I love Twitter for most? And it's not presidential stuff. Um, <laughs> I actually love it for being able to research the most latest um, industry topics. Right. You can find the thought leaders that have posted on Twitter in a heartbeat. And if you go to Google and try to find the same thing, they'll bring you up something from like 2009. Right. Um, very big difference. So don't think of Twitter as only that, oh, I can't use it because I don't understand it. Truly, if you become, you know, if you're on it, you can search and yeah. find some amazing content. Yeah, the, the marketing space in particular is very active on Twitter. Um, I get a lot of my, because the industry changes every day, it seems like technology is always changing. If you're paying attention to a couple of hashtags, um, you'll get all of the information you need, really, um, just out of your Twitter feed. So I don't follow many industry blogs anymore because of that. Right. And if, it, if it's hobbies that you love, you just want a hobby, you know, and you, you really want to focus on what's going on, absolutely the best way to find cool events that are near you or cool right. something across the world. It's really neat. All right, I think we're right up about one o'clock. We want to wrap it up here, but I do want to ask one more question just to see if we can get a, a really quick answer because we're all awesome marketers, but we can't turn out awesome content all the time. <laughs> Tell us about a time when you made a mistake, the more embarrassing the better, or in your campaign or in your marketing and what you learned from it. Oh, wow. I know that's, that's, a, that's a hard one to throw out at the last minute, but even if it's a small this thing. This is easy. You got an easy one? I have an answer. Well, I'll let you go first then. <laughs> There's a lot of embarrassing things that I've done. So, but this is truly easy. So when I first started at Consumers, um, they had, had a campaign that was that was churning out. And literally, this is my this is gonna be what they consider my first campaign because I'm new and now it had been done and it looked good and it was called serious checking. And there's a woman, I'm driving in, and there's a billboard, and we named her Sarah. And she's just as pretty as a picture on that billboard, and I'm so excited. And then I go to the next billboard, and there's Sarah, a meth head. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not. I can't beat that. <laughs> and I just went, you know, so my first act was, we got to take our billboards down. The meth head right next. So stock photo, people. It was stock photo. <laughs> There's no way you can plan for that. No. That's out of your control. No, I know, but then, then it's the conversation of stock photos, you know? Yeah. That's one of the better ones I think I've ever heard. That's pretty good. I can't beat that. Um, <laughs> I wasn't fired, so. But I... There's <laughs> that. Right. Um, a mistake that I've made in a campaign with content. Um, serving the wrong ads to the wrong audience. So one of the things that, um, you know, this is in a previous life, so don't worry, Sarah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, in general, the world is getting more personal, right? So you want to serve contextually relevant ads to the audience that you're targeting. Um, there was an instance where um, an ad that I was serving was to a completely, the completely wrong gender, um, and that didn't go over too well. There's also, there's also actually a funny story, and I am going to bring our company up now, <laughs> We tend to, um, we use a lot of lookalike audiences on Facebook, and sometimes the algorithm likes it when you don't add any targeting at all, you just kind of let it run. and. So I posted, or, or we posted, a, a, a video of a woman bouncing in her bra because our product reduces, it solves a, a unique problem for women, it reduces bounce, right? So the amount of creepy men that commented on that post was unbelievable. I got a text at like 11.45 at night from our customer service manager just with a screenshot and a ha 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 ha. <laughs> 
So we can laugh about it now, but I, I was sweating bullets a little bit for a second. Well, if we could, a round of applause for our panelists today. Brad, Thanks again to our panelists, Brad Larabelle of SheFit, Lynn Jarman-Johnson of Consumers Credit Union, and Cynthia Kay of Cynthia Kay and Company. Their contact information, if you have further questions, is available on the show notes of this podcast at amawestmichigan.org. For more on multimedia marketing, I highly recommend you check out episode 19, which we just published on visual marketing and photography, where we discuss the impact your company's own images make on all of your marketing materials. We also discussed insider tidbits about how all images on the web are found by search engines, how search can tell when stock photos are being used, why that impacts your reach, and how original photography can lead to a significant increase in conversions. Also, uh, more on content marketing on episode 16. That's the evolution of content marketing, where we discuss how and why we need to go back to the basics in today's fast-paced social world by building trust over time, quality content over quantity, and how to create authority-building content. Our next podcast, slated for publication in early April, What's Next in Corporate HR Marketing, the growing scope of supporting sales and HR teams at the same time, featuring Cindy Brown, VP of Talent Initiatives, at the right place with unemployment at 3% and upcoming demographic changes imminent. It's all hands on deck to help in the war on content. In the past, it was the HR department's responsibility to find and hire the right people. Now successful companies are realizing that recruitment is every department's responsibility. Marketing teams are being tapped to assist HR and talent acquisition departments. What does that mean for your company? How does your marketing team tackle all other duties as assigned when it comes to attracting talent? And how do you integrate this new audience into your existing marketing efforts? Well, we will find out very soon when we talk to Cindy. Again, another shout out to our sponsors, our podcast sponsor, River City Studios, our gold sponsors, MI Biz and VizCom Media, silver sponsors, PageWorks, Bird and Bird Studio and Red 66 Marketing, and bronze sponsors, OFA and Grand Valley State University Conference and event planning. As always, get engaged. Ask us questions. Send an email, podcast at amawestmichigan.org if you have any questions, and we'll see you in April. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative, be bold, set your marketing in motion.